0: Support for market foolery comes from Active Campaign. If you have a growing business and you want to acquire more customers, then you need Active Campaign. Their solution goes beyond marketing automation, getting the right type of message to the right person at the right time. For a free trial, go to ActiveCampaign.com. fool. All right, we're back. Let's start the show. It's Monday, April 2nd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio from Stock Advisor Canada, Taylor Muckerman, and from Million Dollar Portfolio, Jason Moser.
1: Happy April! Hey Ooh, we're stretching out over here. <laughs> April Fool's Day. Part do what from is it now? Either.
2: Exactly.
0: Sucking, I guess, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, for those who uh, haven't taken the time to go to Fool.com, you can do that and check out uh, Sunday's April Fool's joke <laughs> from uh, the editorial team. Uh, but uh, as I mentioned, we're back. Uh, well, Taylor, were you here last week? Jason and I were away, albeit not together.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, no, there, there would have been nothing wrong with that. There's not there's I mean, anything you know, wrong
0: with that. Um, yeah, I was here. Uh, I went down to uh, Virginia Beach for Easter, but I was in the office last week. All right. Well, stuff ha- it down. Stuff happened while we were away. <laughs> uh, Just a little bit. And we're 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 going to get to a few of those things. Uh, let's start with Tesla, though, because wow, over the past week, shares of Tesla are down about twenty percent, and uh, I'm sure. I would love to say it was just one thing. I'm sure Tesla wishes it were just one thing, but they are they are dealing with <laughs> multiple issues right now. I guess the most recent, uh, chronologically, is the recall of 123,000 Model S cars, uh, the recall being over uh, possible sti- uh, power steering issues. Um, separately, Tesla <laughs> is uh, dealing with the National Transportation Safety Board um, which issued a report over the the fatal crash with the Model X vehicle, uh, the NTSB is investigating. They're, they're re- and that doesn't even mention their debt issues. No, mm-hmm. I mean, th- look, this is this is a company that's been on a tear for a long time, and the stock has been on a tear for a long time. But uh, at least you're the CEO is still comfortable making jokes.
2: I feel like He's we could do worried. the entire podcast just on this, and if we incorporate everything else, let's be clear, man. I was calling for like an hour, hour and a half show today. So, so what? I mean,
0: if you were to rank order the yeah. issues uh, in terms of the business of Tesla mm-hmm. right now, what is number no. one on the list? Um, personally, I mean, yeah, looming debt. I
1: would put the NTSB pretty, pretty low on this, and was along with the joke from Elon Musk about Tesla's bankruptcy on April Fool's Day. Um, Probably the looming debt issue because you are you do need a high stock price for some of the convertible debt that they've got um, coming due next year. And I think like one point eight billion dollars matures by November of next year. So uh, the cash burn plus that debt maturity. And now you've got the 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 quality of their debt being lowered by six levels by Moody's to junk status. So you could be looking at higher interest much higher interest rates and maybe a little less interest if they have to. Try and refinance, issue more debt to pay off the debt that's looming. Um, it could become a big issue for this company with $3.5 billion in cash burn.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to prioritize because you're right, they're facing a lot of challenges. I think probably the biggest thing that comes of these problems, at least in the near term, is that the market's going to start valuing this company a bit more like an actual car company. Uh, I mean, at least for a little while, and I mean, I think that's actually a good thing. I mean, I I love. I think I've been very upfront with. I love what Elon Musk stands for, what he's doing. I don't own Tesla shares. I don't know that I ever would. Although maybe this sell-off could present yeah. an opportunity, um, because in the near term, at least, this is a car company. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a car company today, and down the road, it's an energy company and a battery company, all that stuff. But first things first. These guys are cars, and and so I think that. Uh, yeah, April Fool's jokes aside, I think the debt, I think Taylor's right, the debt is at least something that investors have to take into consideration. I mean, they have no operating income and they have significant interest payments they have to make every year. And the stock is based, it's valued on no fundamentals whatsoever. What I mean by that, it's unprofitable. You can't sit there and say they have a PE because they don't have an actual E. Uh, so, I mean, plenty of concerns. I mean, I think that. Uh, it's at least investors should be asking the question: Is is this actually an opportunity? Maybe to pick up a very neat long term story on on some near term weakness. I think. I think. It Possibly could be
0: well, and even if and and I agree with you, Taylor, that in terms of what are the biggest issues that they're dealing with, the NTSB report is probably lowest on the list. Doesn't mean it's not something they have to deal with. Of course, you know Mm -hmm. every automaker has to deal with regulators. But if you just think of it in terms of who is vying for Elon Musk's attention right now, you've got regulators, you've got customers. Mm -hmm. Who and I'll just speak for myself as someone who's gotten various recall notices from various automakers that I've owned—not the automakers I've owned vehicles over the years. Sometimes I get a recall notice. I'm just like, okay, oh, this, yeah. is, this is a minor issue. I'm not sure, like, so, like your sun visor or something
1: like yeah,
0: that. Yeah, it's like <laughs> okay, it's not worth it to me to take this in to get the sun visor fixed. Um, this is not the sun visor with <laughs> Tesla, and but not every. Customer is going to deal with with the recall, mm-hmm. uh, but they've got customers. They've got creditors that that are going to be knocking on the door about the debt. And that that to me, it's sort of the, the the confluence of all of these groups vying for his attention and time that I think makes this particularly problematic right now.
2: I think in the near term, the easy solution is they're more than likely going to be issuing some stock at some point here. I mean, that's going to be an easy way to raise some money. I mean, we we never really. Um, shun companies that make acquisitions with stock when their stock is at high prices. I mean, mm-hmm. that's actually a good way to do it, assuming you have a market for for issuing those shares. I think in Tesla's case, they probably will. Um, so, yeah. I mean, when recalls are recalls. Yeah. Every every automaker deals with that. I mean, Tesla. It, the only reason why Tesla gets maybe a little bit more attention is because they have a, a much smaller user base out there today. And you know, we're entering this. Uh, Phase where where automated cars are becoming more and more a thing, and so they start asking: In this accident, was the self-driving uh, device enabled? And, you know, I, 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 again, I kind of go back. I think that self-driving cars, the technology is all there; it's all good. I think we're going to, I think it's a lot farther out than people maybe have been thinking. Not just because of the technology of the car, but the the infrastructure, the roads here. Like, we just you just need more for it to really actually be able to work. But uh, Yeah, I mean, they they definitely have a lot of challenges on a lot of fronts.
1: I think if Elon Musk wasn't like, if he was more behind the scenes, kind of a CEO without SpaceX going on and the boring company going on and selling flamethrowers, maybe the company (laughs) maybe the company wouldn't be in the limelight so much, and that might have hurt the stock before. Maybe it wouldn't have risen so highly. Um, But I think it also kind of hurts the company when when not necessarily minor issues, but some issues crop up because. Everyone wants to put Tesla in the headlines.
2: Yeah, you it, live and die by yeah. that, right? Like for for as much like that's one of his greatest. Like he Elon Musk has got to be the greatest capital yeah. raiser in mm-hmm. the history of mankind. Like the guy can can raise phenomenal amounts of money, and he has a knack for timing. Yeah, like tweeting something out just at the right time, shining a light on something just at the right time, and it really sort of creates a positive buzz. And the company depends on that for you know, sure. In in many cases. And the flip side is when that starts working against you, it becomes mm-hmm. really difficult to manage. And I think we're sort of seeing that play out right yeah. now.
0: All in the same week. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to Under Armour. Uh, shares down a little bit. Under Armour announced a data breach affecting 150 million accounts of their My Fitness uh, app. Uh, excuse me, My Fitness Pal app. That's not a great name. No. In terms of that. that's My know. Fitness Pal. But anyway, regardless. Uh, what do you think Jason I, I saw this story and for all of the troubles that under Armour has had over the last two years, a bunch of which are self-inflicted, I just sort of shrugged at this one because I, I to me and they did not uh, or actually they did say that um, payment card information was not affected in the breach mm, yeah. mm-hmm. and so I, I just sort of looked at it and I thought okay, nobody wants a data breach to happen. I don't see this as being a particularly bad thing for oh, them. Oh no,
1: they got my junk email address. <laughs> yeah, my, my junk yeah. email address, or just sort
0: of my step count—how many yeah, steps right. I, I'm <laughs>
2: averaging in a given week? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, there are a couple of things I sort of glean initially from it. Is number one. Given that they knew about this a little bit earlier than when they released it, and then they released it after market close going into a long holiday weekend, I mean, yeah, that looks pretty weak. <laughs> PR I mean, 101. It is, yeah. It sucks. They're not the first company to <laughs> no, pull that and lever, the and thing. they will not be it the is, last. <laughs> it is consistent with what a lot of other companies out there do. Now, I'm not saying that makes it right yeah. or wrong. I'm simply saying, hey, perhaps there's an opportunity there to differentiate. Yep. Uh, so I, I I would have liked to to have seen them them come out with this a little bit sooner. Uh, I, I I just this you're right. This is the kind of data breach where I'm like, do I really care if you got my calorie count? I just don't. <laughs> I mean like email addresses. I, none of that stuff really matters. I mean in a password world today where we're relying more on your fingerprint anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, we we talk about the data breaches, right? Everybody's at risk, as John Bender said, right? They just, screws fall out all the time. I mean, the world <laughs> is an imperfect place, and and I think that we're going to keep on seeing this stuff as time goes on. So with with Under Armour, it's easy to put it in the spotlight, make fun of them. Is this something that uh, impairs this business in any way? Absolutely, one hundred percent no.
1: But it was
0: three times as many users as the Facebook data <laughs> yeah. scandal. It's so much bigger. I know. Uh we were talking earlier Jason you pointed something out that I that I think is is worth noting with Under Armour if only because uh this this might be the best silver lining they have <laughs> right now as a business which is the brand
2: yeah the, for, oh, yeah, for all point. of the issues that Under Armour has dealt with
0: they still have a good brand. Dude, yeah, I'll
2: tell you. Traveling around this past week, and we were in a few airports, and you know, we were out of the country for a little while. That brand is still everywhere. I mean, I would venture to say today that the Under Armour brand alone, brand equity alone, is worth more than the market cap of the company right now.
1: Yeah. You see, sales grew forty-three percent outside of North America last year.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I really do feel like this is a stock where in a year, two years' time, assuming that Plank's leadership team is still there. Mm-hmm. This is a stock that's going to be worth considerably more than it is today.
0: Isn't that the thing, or maybe not the thing, but one of the big things to watch with Under Armour this year, just this calendar year, is the management team? Because yeah. we've talked about that before that Kevin Plank, for all of his strengths as a business leader, he sure does seem to have a hard time keeping an executive
2: team to stick around. That is one of our three main. Points that we're, that we're watching in MDP with Under Armour and, and uh, personally with my holding as well is I need to make sure that leadership needs to be there. I mm-hmm. mean, Plank is, is, is one thing, but he needs a team. Uh,
0: before we go on, I want to say thanks again to Active Campaign. If you have a growing business and you want to close more sales, then you should be checking out Active Campaign. Their solution goes beyond marketing automation, getting the right type of message to the right person at the right time. Imagine that. Stop sending blast emails. With Campaign smart tools, you can dynamically show different content in your messages, depending on your contacts' information, interactions, social data and interests. You can identify, nurture, convert and retain more customers with Active Campaign. And here's the really good news, for a free 14-day trial, you can kick the tires on this thing! 14-day <laughs> trial, go to ActiveCampaign.com. And for our dozens of listeners, they're offering a second-month free with sign up that's activecampaign.com/fool Tim Cook in the news recently and I have to say I like I like this version of Tim Cook <laughs> not that I dislike the other versions of Tim Cook but this is Tim Cook sitting down to do an interview uh, promoting the um, the updated uh, iPad uh, it's got a lower price tag for schools and in the interview he ended up uh, throwing a little bit of shade uh, both at Facebook and at Amazon in the case of Facebook he was asked about the data breach situation and sort of what would he do in this situation, and he very quickly replied, "I wouldn't be in this situation. He's trying to protect the highest market cap throne, the king of the mountain." Exactly. Yeah. And in the case of Amazon, he made it clear he's not a fan of what Amazon is doing with the contest for hmm. their second headquarters. Which um, I don't know. Should between Facebook and Amazon, should one of them be more offended than the other? I feel like it's Facebook. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like it's more deserved for Facebook,
1: at least. Um, but uh, then we see Zuckerberg coming back arguing Apple's too highly priced. Then I think that's just a talking point. Um, but yeah, I think Facebook deserves some shade. Might as well come from someone, uh, not necessarily a direct competitor, but obviously in the tech scene and very well known. So it's good to have an opinion. I feel like you're the CEO of Apple. Why not throw some shade?
0: Absolutely. Well, and yeah, and as you mentioned, uh, Mark Zuckerberg gave an interview that was just published this morning. Uh, I think it was with Vox Media, yeah. and um, and he yeah he sort of took issue with Cook's comments mm-hmm. and sort of fired back that, uh, and and actually he invoked Jeff Bezos <laughs> <laughs> uh, in doing so in talking about and this was years ago, but Be- Bezos making the point that uh, there are some businesses that are trying to. Charge more, trying to figure out ways to charge more, and there are businesses that are trying to figure out ways to charge less, and we're trying to be the latter. And uh, Zuckerberg attempted to sort of align himself with that as well. I don't know that he pulled it off, but uh, yeah,
1: it's difficult because I mean they're kind of comparing. Yeah, we're not paying for Facebook, but. Their advertisers are paying for Facebook and they're yeah. arguably paying more. So, because the data is just more available, you can target so well. So, yeah, Facebook is charging more. They're just not charging us more.
2: Yeah. Dude, and I mean, no one's forcing you to go post like what you ate for lunch yesterday. I mean, like, let's be clear. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I liked his point that, listen, we're trying to connect the whole world. Yeah. It's not economically feasible for everybody to actually pay for that. And that's not really what we stand for. So, for me, like I, I mean, I like seeing the back and forth. I think that's good to sort of get all the perspectives. I mean, I, I kind of feel like in, in regard to Tim Cook, that's kind of like a mango telling a banana, you know, you're not going to slip on our peel, you know. And, and it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. wait a minute, and you're both fruit. I get it, but with a mango, you know, like you got to peel it, right? But yeah. but you got to kind of prepare for that. You got to go peel it in the kitchen and then you cut it up. Like you're not going to find many mango peels on the floor. With a banana, you could just peel it, throw the. Peel on the floor and boom, you eat it. And then someone slips on it, right? It's same, but it's different, you know. And I feel like that's what you know. That's what Tim Cook is doing here. Is he's being? It's not the same thing. Yeah. It's similar, but it's very different. And and I think that for Cook, I would have rather seen him say, you know what? This is something that could potentially happen to us because you know they they've got iTunes and the App Store and all that stuff with a buttload of payment data. Oh, for sure. In one big breach, he's going to be eating his shoe, right? Mm-hmm. So I I feel like. He was a bit quick to kind of jump in there. Oh, that would never happen to us. Well, you know, be careful there, man, because it certainly could. You're not as different as you think you may be.
0: If listeners didn't know, that you spent last week in the Bahamas. That's
2: <laughs> gonna say that mango banana reference. analogy
0: really <laughs> sent
2: the signal. I eat a lot of mangoes um, and bananas <laughs> anyway. I just like them. And to me, it struck me. I was like, "You're gonna probably you gotta peel them both."
1: Yeah, and the mango's slippier than the banana, so maybe you drop exactly. a slice of mango. You on peel a the mango, the and then you're
2: holding it. That sucker comes right <laughs> out like an iPhone. A
0: bar of cover. a <laughs> <laughs> little fresh lime juice on the mango. Oh yeah, we yeah, got
2: those upstairs in the fridge. Apparently,
0: some uh, hot sauce you put on right. it is the ticket. That mm-hmm. I, I I to go back. To Tim Cook for a second. I, that, that is the one thing that I thought about that, and he wasn't, you know, when you read that quote, it it comes it can come off as more smug and haughty than if you if you watch the interview. Yeah. Um. But but I did have
2: that thought as well that mm-hmm. I just thought, okay, but <laughs> humility just goes a really long way. You know what I mean? That's just—I. just kind of a general life stance of mine. Humility just goes along.
0: Probably wouldn't have been a Jobs comment. By the yeah. way, yeah. I, hey, I don't know. By the way, I did agree with him about the. Uh, oh, please, let's not. But <laughs> Steve Jobs never went out of his way to throw a verbal elbow yeah. at someone. Um, I did agree with his his point a little bit about um, about Amazon, and I'm not an Apple shareholder. I'm an Amazon shareholder, and I've said before, I hope they make the right decision for the business. Um, and of course, two percent of me really wants it to be close to Ron Gross's home.
2: But um, <laughs> it's gonna be never-ending content. But, but I did, like. I, I
0: don't think he's wrong with that. That the whole like that was my reaction when the list came out. I just thought twenty cities. That's, yeah. Come on, just I mean at least narrow it down to single digits. I think I think you're right. I think he made a fair observation there. I didn't see it. What was too long to read version. Uh, criticizing their basically process. saying you know, comparing it a little bit to a beauty contest. Like you're, okay. you know, you're gonna have you're gonna have one winner. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have 19 losers. Um, <laughs> you're gonna <to> have loser. <laughs> you're gonna have a lot of people who are you know who spend a lot of time and effort. Yeah, I have tons and, of time and effort. Um, and they're you know they're not gonna win, and they're gonna yeah. they're gonna feel like their their bridges. Uh, you know, maybe not the bridge has been burnt, but they're they're gonna feel a little put out by the whole process because they didn't get it. That'd be
1: a fun exercise to find out how much money was actually spent by. These governments who might be over budget for years, and then uh, how much money was wasted trying to well, it's it's interesting to see. see. Like the
0: longer this process goes on, I personally find it interesting to see how cities and states are reacting to this. And um, you know, you have Maryland. Appears to be backing up a Brinks truck to try which, again, which is great because it increases the chance it's going to be close to Ron's house. But the governor of Colorado came out because Denver's on the list, yeah. and he came out recently and just said, "You know what? It's
2: it's all the same to me if they go somewhere else. That's fine." So you know what I wonder is maybe sort of a little bit of an ulterior motive here. Is I mean. I like how it kind of forces these cities, you know, you said to up their game and you got these these cities competing a little bit, trying to make themselves better and make themselves attractive. So even like I feel like if I'm a governor of a particular state or, you know, an official of a particular city. I think I'm looking at this beyond Amazon, even. I'm saying, you know what? Maybe we don't land the big fish yeah. there, but it's not the only business in the world, and there are going to be other opportunities to bring more business into our states. So let's sort of build this long-term, sort of focused reputation on being business-friendly. We want to welcome companies like Amazon. So I think if you look at it beyond just the Amazon win or loss, that I think there are a lot of states and cities in those states that are stand to benefit. And if
1: simply. you're a big business, you're like, well, you were going to yeah. give Amazon this. How about right. you
2: give us? A little bit, right? And in mean, other states, I mean, you you look at that crap that, that they pulled in Georgia with the uh, you know the, the lieutenant governor and his the whole yeah. Delta sh- snap. I mean, it just I gotta believe you. People look at you. Know, the companies are looking at that thing. You know what? We don't even want to bother with you because we see how you're going to play this. So I think you, you get to see a lot of, of what these states and, and leaders stand for mm-hmm. in the first place.
0: Jason Moser, Taylor Markman, thanks for being here, guys. Cheers. Thank you.